You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. presents Guillermo del Toro's Many Murders of Pinocchio. (laughs) (laughs) Because just the fact that he's doing an animated Pinocchio film doesn't mean it's going to be light, frothy, and charming for the whole family. It's Edge of Tomorrow Pinocchio style. uh, You you coined the the perfect term for this after Mm -hmm. our screening, Chris. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead and say it. It was yours. It was yours. He's already forgotten it. I've already forgotten it. That's (laughs) what I'm saying, yes. You called it a grimsicle. Oh, good. Yeah, gr- yeah, I was, I was, yeah, it was uh, gr- Grimsy, Grimsy. <laughs> it, it, it's no, grim whimsical, exactly. It's the, most, it's the most German fairy tale I've ever seen set in Italy. <laughs> yeah, in 1930s fascist Italy. At that, you know, Del Toro has been wanting to make this for a long time, and honestly, if the, whatever Del Toro wants to do, I just say let him do it. And after the year he's had, which has been pretty strong between this and Cabinet of Curiosities. Can we please just make in the man- Mountains of Madness already? I was just, just thinking I mean, that. Let yeah. the man oh make the fucking yes. movie he wants yes. to make. I know. And after this movie came out to rave reviews and Golden Globe nominations, nominations with a lot of other critics groups, hey, maybe we'll actually see it happen. Although now he's going, maybe I should animate it. I'm like, no, no, no. no don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do no. that. Although, come on. Wouldn't you like to see Cthulhu done Rankin-Bass style? That would be pretty awesome. Actually, <laughs> yes, now I do. God damn it, Marco. <laughs> I want that realized well, in live action, man. What's his I name really... who did? Oh, uh, Phil Tippett. Yeah, Phil Tippett. I'd be, I'd be into that. But anyway, this one here is uh, got a screenplay by Del Toro and Patrick McHale, who's best known for being the creative director for the show Adventure Time. And then it was based on a story from Del Toro and Matthew Robbins, a longtime collaborator with Del Toro, but who also with a lot of other people. I mean, he uh, worked on the Sugarland Express and Close Encounters of the Third Kind oh, and Jaws. People, if you never heard about the Sugarland Express, and it's not Marvel, so you probably haven't, oh, go ahead. 
ahead and really check that out. It's 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 amazing. Low hanging fruit debut. <laughs> it's Spielberg's debut. Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, check it out. So this is based on uh, Gris Grimley, not his real name, an American artist and storyteller who writes very dark children's books. It's based on his take on Pinocchio. I thought actually it was like, is this like Grimm's fairy tales where there's some original much darker it's, version? It, at the it, beginning, it's a lot closer to the original Pinocchio than say the Disney version. I mean, to put what? it in perspective which wouldn't be hard one of the first things pinocchio does once he's come to life is you know he disobeys his father geppetto and he talks to the cricket who doesn't have a name it's just the talking cricket and the cricket says you were very bad you disobeyed your father and pinocchio goes fuck you and hits him with a hammer and kills him (laughs) and then the cricket is out of the story except as a ghost so imagine if he murdered jiminy cricket That's not entirely true. That, that is That's actually not. what happens in the original Colodi uh, oh, oh, stories. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying it. No, no, no. Like, what I guess, I guess what I was cricket, saying is it does have those darker elements. Cricket pretty much almost all but dies multiple times <laughs> yeah, in this film. The most and slapstick Pin- part of the movie is and, the cricket. It cannot and, go. It's a running bit. And Pinocchio straight up dies multiple times in this film because here's the point where somebody involved was like, You've been reading the Neil Gaiman books? Those are pretty good, right? I kind of like maybe we should do some Gaiman-y stuff around this idea. Is he really alive? Pinocchio with also with no lungs is running out of breath in this thing. So that's just... (laughs) It it, it is a little... Yeah, it has a little few moments like that. But, you know, it's Del Toro and he'd probably just say, you know, just go with it. Just, it's magic. Yeah, honestly, you had to suspend your disbelief, Frank, for that. You were just like, oh, this is the thing that I I like. like, Catch your breath there, wooden boy. I'm not surprised he's (laughs) dying so often. It's also co-written by Patrick McHale, who did Over the Garden Wall, where it's like, Ooh. oh, yes, that uplifting, positive tale of childhood plight. In well, compared death. to this one. But you've, um. <laughs> you've got a great cast here. Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Gregory Mann, Byrne Gorman, Ron Perlman, of course. John Turturro, <laughs> Finn Wolfhard, Kate Blanchett, Tim Black, Blake Nelson, Christoph, Christoph Waltz, and the most... And everybody in the, I know was seeing this went, oh, it's Christoph Waltz. Yeah, the yes, moment you like, yes. <laughs> said anything. You're like, okay. Yeah. And, and, and Tilda also, Swinton. Tilda Swinton. And also just the wonderful idea of casting Kate Blanchett to just play a monkey that yeah. doesn't talk. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. She so can good. do anything. That's like casting Vin Diesel for Groot. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get started into the plot here, which is indeed... You know, while it's based on all the notes of Pinocchio, it, it goes its own way. It's a springboard. Uh, I am Chris, and joining me is... Frank. Ben. I am Marco, and I am also loosely based on an old myth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say you're also a sad old Italian man. Yes, Wait, oh. and that was based on the old myth. <laughs> yeah. loose, loose, Keep up. Loosely based on what? Just loosely, you know, anything, you know. A what? A what? A uh, a loser says what? <laughs> no, you're supposed to say <laughs> myth, myth, so I can go, yeth? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> wow. I had to try, but you, you let me down, Marco. You let me down. I'm sorry my good taste and higher standards disappointed you. <laughs> for, for, Mel, for, for, for Mel Brooks' quote? Come he's, on. He's had I a hard been, night. Uh, Don't push him. Yes, yes. That's another story. Yes. So Marco's watched Sugarland Express. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I have too. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have a Spielberg box set that had it. It was the first time I ever saw that. <laughs> that, and, that and Duel. I like, sought it out. Finally. Right. But you ever, 
but have you ever done a Sugarland Express, which is either a drug term or possibly a sex act? Um, yes to one, no to the other. I'm not telling you which. <laughs> anyway, so this takes place in Italy in the 1930s during the Great War. Uh, Geppetto is a carpenter, loses, but he's lost his son. When we meet him, he's mourning his son in the rain and he's drunk. And then it kind of flashes back so you can see like, oh, he had this wonderful son. They loved each other very much. But an accident during an aerial, aerial bombardment took his life. Uh, he plants a pine cone near his grave, spends 20 years just being drunk, stopping being a carpenter and mourning. But uh, a cricket named Sebastian, voiced by Ewan McGregor, uh, moves into the tree. A traveling cr- cricket. He's basically a cr- cricket that, if this had been taking place in modern day, would have a travel blog. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, he kind of does. He does. He's settling down to write his memoirs. He's a uh, raconteur and world traveler. I had a lovely Peruvian summer with a sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> I had sex with his two daughters repeatedly. No, wait. Sorry. That was a different. That was that was it goes back to the Sugar Land Express thing. <laughs> I'm going to go with the sex thing. Chris. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he cuts down the tr- cuts down the tree, which pisses off Sebastian um, to make a new son out of its wood when he's really drunk. He, he passes out. The puppet's just a puppet, but then the wood sprite appears and goes like, I dub thee alive and gives him life, which really freaks out Geppetto in a huge (laughs) way, as you might expect. But eventually he and strangely enough, most of the people in the town eventually adjust to the idea of this alive, wooden, very wooden looking puppet that's moving around. We go through a lot of the things that we've seen in the previous things, like establishes oh, when his nose grows. He lies. The cricket is there to try and keep an eye on him. We've got this new character, Count Volpe, who's a former aristocrat who's now a showman, you know, traveling carnival type thing. He's got a performing monkey who's, again, the best (laughs) character in the whole film. Uh, Spazatura. <laughs> well, uh, Pinocchio, who is very naive because he literally, like, said, What were you born yesterday? Yeah, well, yeah. Relatively speaking, yeah. yes. <laughs> kind of was. Gets him um, to sign a, a contract to join his circus. Uh, he and Geppetto's like, Wait, no, that's, you know, that's not legally binding. But uh, this leads to the first of Pinocchio's deaths, where we discover, and like I said, I'm not going through the whole movie here, just these are important story beats that go through the rest of it. He dies, wakes up in the afterlife, and Basically, this movie's version of Death, who is the coolest design character in the whole film by far. It's like a, it's like a sphinx. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an avatar sphinx. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's very bioluminescent and very, uh, very. Uh, what's the word? That ancient uh, seraphim. You know yeah. those weird biblical angels where you read further and it's like, oh, they're not pretty people with wings. They're like they've got like hundreds of eyes all over them. You know, and yeah. it was trying to be like from Greek, Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Well, yeah. by but, the way, we also have to mention like. Also works for death is a bunch of Tim Blake Nelsons, which is pretty great. Indeed. Oh, yes. That's yeah. pretty cool. But she's like, look, you're not technically alive, which means you technically can't die either. So you're pretty much immortal. So every time you come here, which I assume because you're dumb as shit, is going to happen repeatedly. You'll be here a little bit longer each right. time. But ultimately, I got to bring you back to life. Uh, my stupid ass sister gave you life in the first place. We need to talk about that shit later. But uh, anyway, so that's how that works. Anyway, so he has a series of adventures uh, going from more World War uh, One stuff, like be- him being drafted into the now, Royal Italian no, This is World War Two. World War Two. Benito Mussolini's the pre, big giveaway. Pre World War Two. Yeah, yeah. It's on the cusp. Yeah, they're getting. They're they're planning for the party. 
Uh, and, you know, all the things that you know from the Pinocchio story, the swallowed by the giant whale, the what have you, all that stuff is in here. It's just different this time around. Yeah. And I got to say, I just from the moment this started was captivated by the sound design, by mm-hmm. the art design, by the casting. It just was like, oh, what are we in for here? This is such a well-made piece of stop motion animation independent even if the movie was lousy i mean i would have just watched it based on the visuals and the quality of the animation it took a very long time for them to do this if you know anything about stop motion you know it's a painstaking mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. and yet there were moments while watching this i thought this is this cg it's just too smooth but if you look at the behind the scenes featurettes uh, on netflix you can see them actually making these very sophisticated puppets. Such an intricate form of animation, and I'm loving that that um, that it's still around. Yeah, the way it looks, everything like Geppetto has a great like full beard, and like just like there's so much motion in life to that. And the other thing that they added with the sound design side that I when I first heard about, it, I was like, well, that's going to be a challenge coming up after the Disney one. So well known is it's also still a musical. And yes, like, no, the music's stellar in this too. Just every concept in this movie is just like, no, you didn't half ass this. You knew everything you wanted to accomplish here. And just, wow. <laughs> I was telling Ben earlier before we started, like, someone needs to grab Tim Burton by the scruff of the neck and pull him <laughs> up over to this movie and just like put his face into the film like you would a dog with their poop in the wrong place and go like you see this is how you do gothic cute okay well, see, you used that... to know you forgot well <laughs> see I really like uh, Tim Burton's uh, Frankenweenie which is the last really great stop motion animation but, that, that we had to and... be fair that was also based on his concept from like that was the very on, beginning of his yeah, that's a, that's yeah. always the argument, like because it's based on a short film that he that he directed, and so like is it a remake or is it a, is, is it an original or, or, or original thing? Because it's expanded, isn't it? So, um, but he was closer yeah. towards his original impulses, I think, before he spent too much time in Hollywood. Yeah, and Del Toro, no matter what he does, he's always just he, Del Toro. He always feels like himself, even when he's doing something that's a little different, that's a little off the rails. I mean, he's never anything. He's never done anything, to my knowledge, that remotely resembles a musical. I have to admit, in disagreement with Ben, I I didn't really find the music all that hmm. compelling. the The score was fine. The music was fine. I can't a remember. A lot of times I, they start and then they just stop. They do. I can't remember. I can't remember a single song from you know? this thing. I know. Um, I know one of them is called Cha Papa because it was nominated for a Golden okay, Globe. So I can't remember what it was. What I'm it terrible like. about remembering songs after only hearing them <laughs> once, so I can never say I, I don't even remember the songs. I never do. But Al, uh, Alexander Desplat did the uh, composing of the songs here. I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, he worked with. Uh, del toro on the shape of water previously the shame is originally nick cave was going to compose oh, the songs wow. for this can wow. you imagine the songs yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that that would have been a lot cooler yeah agreed I, but for I, the record the one that keeps stop there is one song that continues the start and stop and that's literally the joke of it though. yeah no there's a whole thing where the cricket keeps wanting to sing and is never yeah. allowed to mm-hmm. sing. Which Somebody hilarious. obviously listens to you and McGregor sing, and you know he's charming, but maybe not give him a full song. Not, not his strongest. Uh, <laughs> oh, quality. he was fine in Moulin Rouge. Come on, fine now. No, he's here. he's fine in Moulin Rouge. I agree, but that is also like the, if you want to see an example of what auto tuning looked like at that oh. era, <laughs> then, uh, that's <laughs> what it is right there. Make it so. not like he's singing "Believe" or something, please. <laughs> 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 I'm just imagining you and McGregor like a gunship, you know, with a share outfit. <laughs> 
his legs <laughs> straddling the cannon. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, that's that's a deep cut. Sorry. I'm with you, though, Frank. I mean, ultimately, I I mean, hell, you want to do it right now? We'll just sing every song from Moulin uh, Rouge. Let's do ultimately right now. Right? Come on, yeah. <laughs> we can be heroes <laughs> together forever. No, that's not every song from Moulin Rouge. That's every song from my record collection. That just got shoehorned into that silly movie. It's a great movie. <gasps> Yeah, do I not, know. Don't, we do not don't serve Bez Lerman. No. Uh, anyway, so I think that we're all in agreement here that this is really Del Toro's like triumphant entry into being an animator. You know, I did not know what to expect. I've never, I've never been an across the board Del Toro guy. I've never hated any of his movies or thought, oh, that was shit. They're just ones that appealed to me more than others. Sure. But I feel like he's been very strong of late. Very to be sure. Oh, he's boy. definitely sort of like gotten on this. Okay, I think I've got this figured out now. His, yeah. last, his last three before this, I mean, yeah. um, Crimson Peak and Shape of Water well, except and for Nightmare Crimson, Alley. Except for Crimson Peak. No, including Crimson <laughs> Peak. I mean, that's a really strong trifecta in and of itself. But yeah, he just keeps on getting stronger and stronger as a filmmaker. And he's a fascinating filmmaker who's wildly unafraid. And for, and fortunately for him, anybody who's that way and just this crazy rampant imagination, his name is big enough now, having one best picture, best director, mm-hmm. that... He can, he's allowed to do what he wants to do. And I love that now he may have a say on sort of the future of animation. And I suspect he will after the reception of this. I, I'm shocked how many people I know who love animation or love Guillermo de Toro who have no idea this film even exists yeah. and you can watch it right now on Netflix. And it's so lovely that clearly this Netflix deal is amazing for del Toro's work because the things he's already put out with it are so good. And it's like if you're just going to keep just throwing money at him. I can't think of anyone else to be happier to see more work just like put on the internet quickly. Cause as you said, so few people have heard about this Pinocchio that it's like, well here, you can definitely just go watch it. It's one of those few things where I can go, you should definitely see it. And here it is, yeah. which is so lovely. Cause I mean, I'm sure this would be lovely on a big screen too. Don't get me wrong, but it's still great just to watch this at home because this animation is so crisp and beautiful you, I don't think it loses anything on a proper, you know, on a good I mean, home screen. The the animation is undeserved, uh, undeniably the star here. Yeah. I, I do have some issues with this. I, I don't want to give everyone the impression that I fucking love this across the board. Here we go. No, no, yeah, no. Because no, I don't either, Marco. <laughs> this wasn't dark enough for me, Marco. No, no. The darkness was fine. It was just the <laughs> case of... Del Toro's dealing with a lot of themes that are very prevalent in his work, and I think these are all things that he's dealt with better elsewhere. I agree. Back from Devil's Backbone to well, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth, I, I, still, Pan's the Labyrinth war comes up. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's I think a, Pan's Labyrinth and Devil's Backbone are arguably his two best films. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and they well, both Kronos. deal with the same period of time he, as well. I mean, Del Kronos. Toro really hates fascism, y'all, and that's why we <laughs> love him. But he has this subplot in here where we meet, like, the uh, the uh he's called the Podesta, the uh, uh play, the Ron Perlman character who's, like, the local fascist, uh, you know, I guess he runs the fascist club during the time <laughs> of Mussolini's rise. And, you know, he sees in Pinocchio, like, hey, this is Italy's greatest soldier. We can send him off to war and he'll die and he'll just come back. Right back. You know, we need something like that. And they try to send Pinocchio to war. They try to make him a propaganda tool. But the war itself just kind of disappears at some point in the narrative. And I'm like, that was such a strong thing. I mean, you bring in Mussolini for a sight gag and then it's gone. Yeah. And it's like voiced by Tom Kennedy. I was going to say, which is the best idea. (laughs) And and then, you know, it's, it's, and then that's, that's gone. He's off to another adventure. And, And I just felt like you've dealt with these themes before and it's such a big theme. It seemed odd to just bring it up and then drop it. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. I don't, I felt like it's always there. It's the atmosphere. It's the setting. It's not the plot. So I, I feel like it does what it needs to do, you know, within the story. I mean, honestly, I didn't, <clears throat> you don't need an extra 30 minutes to this movie. Oh no, I'm not asking for more. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I think, I think the bigger part of the war in this one was to change how Candlewick is used as a character which I think is also to more show a different perspective of the impact of fascism and the war on youth as opposed to the war itself. I think that's what more the importance of the war in this movie was, was to show it with Pinocchio as this pure soul seeing it and its negative impact on, you know, parentage and youth, which I think is the biggest part of this movie, well, actually. Keep going into your final thoughts, Benjamin. Yeah, um, honestly, yeah, it's clear I love this movie. I think one of my favorite things just even from the beginning is the whole first part with Ewan McGregor as the cricket is not him saying like in the Disney movie, like, yes, yes, I'll clearly help the sports. No, that's my house. What the hell are you doing? Get away from him, you witch. That's my house. Like, yes. Okay. I like this change to Jiminy Cricket to be this kind of curmudgeon guy who just wants to retire to his vacation home. This is great. Um, but no, it it's beautiful. It's properly grotesque at points. What they do with the whale is some of like just del toro's like oh there's del toro's monster work thank yeah. you so mm. good just it's it's very charming throughout it when it gets dark it's my kind of dark as chris said it's like it's what you wanted from gothic animation horror to be after you grew up watching like nightmare before christmas and like hope that things continue to get darker and more fun that way it's beautiful it's stunning I'm still going to recommend it to everyone. Yes, some of the songs are less memorable than others, but I think they fit also the theme and the time so well that it really does well for me. So I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 bombing raids to just ignore. (laughs) Frank? Yeah, I think uh, I'm the complete opposite of Ben. (laughs) But uh, no, I I echo all of the issues that Marco uh, highlighted. And um, yeah, it's... He's done so much. Um, he's done a lot of these themes uh, a lot better in some of his other work, and it the the screenplay does sort of go in like different directions, and it's 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 I don't know. It feels like taking like a bunch of like re- going to a bunch of rest stops and truck stops and like roadside and attractions. The Starlight Express. On the, yeah, Starlight well, Express. Well, well, on the way to this, to, yeah, to different express. On the way to the same vacation spot you've already been before. Yeah. And it's um it's like, well, okay. Um I do appreciate that this was darker in the beginning. I thought it I thought it had the perfect opening with with Geppetto's backstory. Um but then I just think he got carried away with it with the darkness and it became um not even fun on a dark level and I love darkness. Uh, I love it in kids' films. Is, where, you say it's, it's your old friend? It's where it belongs. It where it belongs. Yeah, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the songs aren't that memorable. The animation for stop motion is hit and miss. Some creatures are better than others. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking uh, about this. Because, like I said, I do like Del Toro as a filmmaker. I, yeah, I love Pan's Labyrinth and Kronos and Devil's Backbone. And then his last three live action films... Um, I loved every single one of them because they're all great, Chris. Not all of them. <laughs> God, I hate Crimson Peak so much. Oh, Crimson Peak is is masterful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but it's no Nightmare Alley. Um, but yeah, no, I kept on thinking about this uh, clip in The Simpsons when Stephen King is um, shown like pitching his next book to his uh, um, publisher, mm. and he's like, "What do you got for me now?" 
Stephen King's like, well, now I have a novel about a killer death lamp. Ah! Yeah. And the editor's like, you're not even trying anymore, are you? And then like Disney I, toned and, it down and, and turned then, it into the Pixar logo. Well, the, 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 then, like then, that, then the editor says, when can I have it? I feel like that and scene so, should be a usual suspects type. Novel, kind of, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so. I guess it ultimately doesn't matter because he, he is going to write his his own ticket now. He's, he's, he's got the clout. He's got the, the fan loyalty. And um, and I have no doubt that he's going to pull another Crimson Peak or Shape of Water or um, Nightmare Alley or any of the classics um, out of his hat again because he, he, he can. Um, this, uh, you know, this... This wasn't for me. It's got it had some bright spots, which I had to, I, I couldn't help but applaud, um, but not as many as I would have liked. Um, I do find it kind of funny that's make that it's making kids cry. <laughs> I think that's a pretty hilarious thing. Boy, Frank, you are a monster. <laughs> no, I think that's hilarious because I love that Pinocchio's making kids cry. Hey, that's man, hilarious. When we grew up watching the early Disney films, they all made you cry. That yeah, was the thing. Yeah. It's like yeah. Bambi and yeah, yeah, all They that never shit. made me cry, to be honest with you. Because well, you this, never loved your mother, I guess. This explains <laughs> the love of watching kids cry, then, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I like seeing what people's moms die. What's wrong no. with it? Our Fred, good, our, the sociopath. Our good friend Ed Travis, that my daughter cried at this thing. I was like, that's just, that's, sorry, I think that's hilarious. Anyway, Fred laughed so, in his face. I'm giving uh, it an extra point just for that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm going to give this five out of ten. Jeez. Oh, Hot cocos. Wow. Okay. By the way, uh, Marco, it's only the Starlight Express if you're on roller skates. Otherwise, it's just uh, <laughs> sparkling. Otherwise, it's just sparkling butt stuff. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that all back. <laughs> As soon as I said Starlight Express, I'm like, I knew I said that wrong. Uh, yeah, uh, I did not think Frank was going to be go harder on this than I did. I was like, damn, I mean, I, I had some quibbles. I didn't dislike it that much. You're right, though. He's done a lot of these themes. This is very episodic. It's a very picaresque story. That sort of goes with the territory. You're going to have these little adventures. It's there in the title, The Adventures of Pinocchio. I just wish sometimes that they had condensed them or focused on a few to the benefit of the others. Mm. And and that's fine. The music didn't really hit me, but hey, you know, maybe on a second watch, I will. For me, this is really about the animation. That's what carries this. The the beautiful imagery that we come to expel, expect from Del Toro and just knowing how difficult it is to make something of this caliber. This is not something that's just crapped out. And let's be honest, there's been plenty of, you know, versions of Pinocchio over the years. I don't think this is going to replace uh, the Disney Pinocchio in terms of popularity, but it's a great alternative. Show them the Disney Pinocchio, skip all the others, and then, you know, show them this one when they're a little bit older. Skip and, the Robert Zemeckis one that came out this uh, yeah, year as the, well. The, yeah, the live-action <laughs> remake. Uh, whatever. Uh, was it live-action no, or 3D? That, it doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because it looks so <laughs> fake anyway. This stuff looks tactile and real, and I want to live in that world. I just wish the story and the songs were a little bit stronger. I'm going to give this seven and a half out of ten pine cones. So it's funny. I actually agree with most of what you're saying. I just don't dislike the things you dislike as much as you do. I think you're right on all points. I think it's also too long. Mm-hmm. And that's partially because it's just it's a series of like, and then the, mm-hmm. here's this sketch thing that happened. But I was with it. I was constantly marveling at all its innovation of what it was doing in mm-hmm. uh, imagery and sound. I actually did like the songs. I 
think it would have been better if Nick Cave had written them. <laughs> I probably would have given it like an extra star or maybe even two stars just for that. <laughs> just for his involvement. Him. Just seeing him on the credits. This right? isn't a song about a, a puppet. It's not a song about a puppet. It's not a song. <laughs> this is a song about a puppet. <laughs> this, is a song. <laughs> this is a murder song about a puppet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I found this so incredibly charming and innovative and I think really more than anything kind of groundbreaking in a weird unexpected way like I think this is going to be a film that people will be looking at to sort of guide where these sort of yeah. affairs are going to go in the future like oh this is the high water mark you've got to at least hit this point and yeah. I'm telling you this is kind of a shoe in this year for best animated film. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, unless you count Avatar, but you know, yeah. I, they're not, they did not apply for animated for for yeah. the, for that. No, so. And I'm kidding, of course. There's some live action stuff yeah. in there, but that's what eliminated it from being you know, <laughs> best animated feature. Anyway, uh, I am going to give this eight and a half out of ten skeletal bunnies, mm-hmm. voiced by Tim Blake Nelson. Which I would out. watch a short of just them. That that, that was a yeah. gr- I love that bit. That was a really funny. Should have been a post credits credit. Yeah, thing that, right? I agree. Felt like there should have been a, a, a like. Yeah, is he? There's you know, that, whole... that kid hasn't been back for a while. <laughs> Will you shut up and deal all of that? <laughs> yes. They, they kind of do something a little bit with that. 